0: You're listening to another episode of the Zag Ecrosope here. Excited to continue our series talking to folks who are on the front lines, working in all sorts of capacities, supporting communities during COVID and the pandemic times we're in. We're joined by a 2020 NLC South Texas Frontera fellow today. Amanda D'Ave is here. We'll catch up with her, see what life is like in Texas, see what life is like in her community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Amanda, we were half-choking before we started about, we don't really say Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday anymore, it's just day. So on this day, just day, uh, where are you exactly in the world right now?
1: I am in Brownsville, Texas, where the river meets the ocean.
0: And have you been quarantined in one particular place? Have you been staying with family? What's been your day-to-day like?
1: So I have been staying home in my little townhome in Brownsville. Um, I work for the School of Public Health. So we've been working from home since before the shelter-in-place orders were in effect. So it's been a couple months now. And um, I think I'm finally getting used to working from home. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of nice now.
0: I would imagine, yeah. And working in healthcare uh, obviously, has taken on an incredibly complex importance in the last couple months. Uh, Describe to folks what you are doing right now.
1: Well, I work specifically in health promotion and behavioral sciences um, in public health. And here at the School of Public Health, we have lots of community community outreach programs. Um, We are uh, the Brownsville Regional Campus of the UT Health Science Center, Houston. So there's lots of branches throughout Texas. And down here in Brownsville, um, we're at the very tip of Texas. uh, Can see the border fence from my office and Um, We're very focused on chronic disease prevention, Um, specifically the program I I manage is called Tu Salud Cuenta. it's a community-wide campaign that subcontracts local municipalities to implement health programming throughout the valley. And um, we're very focused on chronic disease prevention, um, specifically with obesity and, and diabetes and hypertension. Um, increasing fruit, fruit and vegetable intake and physical activity, and so um, you know, in the wake of the COVID nineteen outbreak, those initiatives look very different as people kind of lose their ability to use um, public infrastructure for exercise and walking and, and um, healthy healthy eating options. So it's it's been interesting to pivot and and initiate those um, those projects online but it's it's been it's been it's been a process um so yeah
0: (laughs) and then do you feel like is there or has there been certain messages that you feel like have resonated more than others at least in terms of informing the public what is accurate science or what is the best way to uh, avoid contracting COVID 19 what things have worked the best so far
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, especially in health promotion, behavioral sciences, messaging is is really what we focus a lot on. How, how do you convey the importance of something without freaking people out and inducing a ton of anxiety, but, <laughs> but calling them to meaningful action, you know, and um, public health is also one of those fields that um, nobody re- you take it for granted. You, you take for granted what public health does for you because um, it works behind the scenes and so um, the messaging that we do it takes a lot of people bringing people to the table and discussing um, you know the theory behind the message and um, how to implement it in a culturally acceptable way in a way that people will understand um, and appreciate uh, so so those discussions take a lot more effort than um, people would assume and People actually listening to that messaging is, is um, you know, it's, it's, it's an ongoing process for sure that requires feedback from the community and, and listening to the community and hearing their concerns so that you can respond in kind.
0: And one of the things I'm curious about being out here in California, we've definitely paid close attention to states like, like Georgia and definitely states like Texas that are maybe taking a slightly different approach than our state is about opening right. up or not opening up. So as the the tension with opening up has increased, and and you do see, I think, on the part of of the governor there and and other uh, state entities, a more willingness to to forge ahead and try to open the economy, how has that made your messaging more complicated, and what kind of ways have you tried to support people through that experience?
1: That is a great question. It it definitely feels like we're doing somersaults over um, government messaging all the time. And lucky for the program that I work for, um, we do... Uh, we do work directly with municipalities and local governments and counties to help them with that messaging. And um, been, we've been very fortunate to have city leaders and, and county leaders who listen to the data. They listen to um, the, the interpretation of the data that is given by our dean um, at the School of Public Health here, Dr. Belinda Reiniger, and um, as well as our former dean, Dean, Dr. Joseph McCormick. Um, So we have a lot of expertise in the Valley um, with infectious disease, and and we're very lucky to have that. And we're very lucky to have um, government leaders who are willing to listen to that. So even though technically the state of Texas has opened up, the messaging that the cities and counties that we work with has put out has been very informed by the work that we're doing. Um, the important the importance of sheltering in place, the importance of wearing masks and maintaining social distancing. Um, you know, so we've been we've been fortunate in that way. That that's what I was
0: gonna ask too. How, how would you describe people's opinions right now of wearing masks out in public?
1: Mm, that's always that's always a an interesting one because it's uncomfortable, right? Nobody wants to be uncomfortable, especially as it's starting to creep up into 90 degrees and getting hotter and hotter and the humidity getting crazy. So, um, you know, messaging around masks is, has really been focused on um, protecting the people around you. You wear a mask, um, not necessarily just to protect yourself, but um, to protect others from, um, what you may potentially be carrying um, that people don't know about. And the more people that wear masks, the more we protect each other. So that's that's really the core of the message that we try to get across.
0: Yeah, well said. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Amanda about life in NLC in a chapter in its first year, NLC South Texas Frontier. We'll hear what that experience was like because it was definitely an interesting one. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. All right, Amanda, so we have a lot of love for the South Texas Frontier chapter, because we still claim out out here in LA, Christina, uh, because she was one of our favorites from our Engage program, but she really is, (laughs) and uh, should be in charge of of everything. I guess I'm curious, a couple of short questions here. How did you hear about NLC in the first place?
1: Well, I was actually lucky enough to have a good friend from public health school who did um, NLC, he was a part of the NLC chapter in Houston, and so when there was buzz about nlc coming down to south texas he gave me a call and was like you should really look into it um i had a great experience and then i started getting the emails um from from christina and so it w- it felt good to feel <laughs> to feel like um you know there there are these programs coming about and and people who are like-minded and wanting to see that change and that progressive change um we're really putting in the effort to make it happen and 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 Christina and the rest of the board has just done an amazing job. It's, been, it's truly been an honor to be a part of this inaugural class.
0: And did you feel like there was enough time to bond because you had, what, three sessions together in person before things went virtual?
1: Yes, actually. I, I think, you know, that very, very first session of NLC, uh, they, they really break the ice for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like um, in a lot of way, the bonds of friendship are formed to that communal stress response. <laughs> so like, I, I feel like that first session really puts you in a state of being vulnerable with each other about who you are and what you want from your life and what you want to achieve. And, and from that point, um, you know, we've, been, we've been very cool with each other and, and feel, um, I feel very close with my fellows despite, despite the virtual um, distance we have now.
0: And then in terms of next year's class, and there's still a little bit TBD on what the exact format will look like, but hopefully there'll be a little more opportunity for us to get back with folks close together in one room. But either way, how would you pitch the program to someone who is considering it now that there's been one class that's gone through it?
1: So the way that I would pitch the program is really the way it's it's made me feel and, and what I feel coming out of it. You know, um, anybody who's looking to be a part of a fellowship like this has a desire to do something good, I think, has a desire to make some sort of positive change. And NLC really gives you that opportunity to feel that, to be surrounded by people who believe that um, and believe that you can achieve whatever progressive change it is that you want. And and I think that energy um, in one place, immersed in a weekend together on a monthly basis has just been so invigorating for me. Um, you know, going through the day to day, and especially working in public health, we we are very um, focused on on doing the best we can for the population, for the common good. But this experience has really shown me that I can feel like what I'm doing really can make a difference, and and I can really push to to do better and and be better, and that there are people who will support me along the way.
0: Well said. Well, listen. Congrats on. Completing your first year in NLC, we hope almost, to... almost, Cap... Eric. Oh, that's true. Yeah, one, yeah, one left. That's true. You're on the yeah. home stretch, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Still somehow, somehow, somehow <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm excited to hear how that goes. We're uh, excited because to... you guys have such a, such a great social media presence. So I, I feel like we'll be able to keep keep close tabs on on all the capstones that are, oh, yeah. that are coming through. Like that, so. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, it, it, thanks for all you've done for, for the inaugural class there. I know it'll it'll pay off down the road for, for future classes. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all our past episodes. We've dropped a lot in the last couple of weeks. Two themes, if you're interested. We have many more folks like Amanda who are doing really important work for communities on the COVID front lines, a lot of those episodes. But also last week, we did a series featuring a bunch of educators for Teacher Appreciation Week. Check those out, too. All the places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. Check them out. And until next time... We'll catch you soon.